That is right, people. It is day two of the 64th BFI London Film Festival. And today we've got a couple of films for you. First, we're going to talk about herself and then the painter and the thief. And people, we got a little something extra because we've also got a small chat with Benjamin Ray, the director of Painter and the Thief. So, hope you enjoy. Sit back and let's get it popping. Okay, so, had the opportunity to watch herself which is the new film from director Felida Lloyd now you might recognize the name as she um she directed Mamma Mia and The Iron Lady which both very successful films um so it was produced by Rory Gilmartin Ed Guinea Sharon Horrigan and it was co-written by Malcolm Campbell and Claire Dunn okay so the film also stars Claire Dunn as Sandra Harriet Walter as Peggy Conliffe Hill as Ido Molly McCain as Molly Ruby Rose as O'Hare as Emma um, as Sandra's children We've got Kathy Belton as Joe, Rebecca O'Mara as Grainy, Erica Rowe as Amy, Ian Lloyd Anderson as Gary, Sandra's ex, Sean Duggan as Syrian Crowley, Aaron Lockhart as Tomo, Anita Petrie as Rosa, and Dmitri Vinikov as Darius. So, um, yeah, this is, whew, it's not an easy film, you know, um, and I think I did wonder about checking this one out, but yeah, I figured why not, right, why not, but the gist is this, Sandra is a young Dublin-based mum struggling to provide her two young daughters with a safe, happy home after leaving an abusive relationship when it becomes clear that the local council won't provide that home. She decides to build one herself with very little income and a menacing ex-husband, a threat to her happiness, Sandra calls on the support of a new community of friends, including her employer, Peggy. As a first, <clears throat> you know, as a first time house builder, obviously this is not an easy task. Okay, so, um, yeah, I mean, it was the whole abusive relationship, which really, oh, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's never easy to watch something like that, right? And uh, so this is the thing, right? I think sometimes you you watch things like this and they do for, follow a certain pattern, right? You know, there's there's a predictable pattern to a story that gets covered, and I I think we get certain things that just feel they just feel like is that probable? You know, would that really happen? And you also get this annoying music <laughs> that's just like, God damn it. Right, why play that? And it's just like, look, I know the scene is meant to be happy or that's meant to be sad. I get it. I get it. And look, we do find those things in this film. We do. But. 
there is a but, you know, the strength of this film outweighs everything else, you know, it really does, because, yeah, I had worries, I had concerns, but see, the film, we, we open up, and you've got, you know, everyone jumping around and dancing. Oh, I think it was Sia. I think it was that chandelier song. Is that Sia? I think that was Sia, right? Um, girl from who who sang on Zero Seven and all of that. Yeah, I think that was the one. Hmm, maybe not. But anyway, um, so they're dancing around in the living room. You've got Sandra and her kids, and it's all happy, and it's all nice and fun. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's nice. I like that. And all of a sudden, you know, we get, uh, yeah, we get Gary come home. And... I don't know, there was something about, you get a sense, right, you get a sense, and he's all like, oh, kids, go outside, why don't you play, and it's cold and all of this, and he's like, put on coats, go outside, and you're just like, ooh, and then we just, mmm, yeah, we... We see the dark side, you know, but we don't, mm-hmm. the way the scene is captured, like, you understand what's happening, you know, you understand the intensity of the moment, the fear, the resentment, right, you get all of that, you see him grip her, and you see her, him throw her down, Now, there's other things, like, you see him, I think you see him go to stamp on her, I forget if we actually see the, the full playing out of the motion, but you know what's just happened, and then we kind of cut away, right, so it's crazy powerful, but we don't, you know what I mean, we don't have to watch a whole beating, which, you know, there is something in that, right, but I think what we get here, though, even without seeing everything, you understand the severity of this situation, right, so we have that, and you then have um, her, like, we kind of, you know, we see this, and then we have her with her kids, Walking um, Into a place You know, uh, they've got a room, right? And we find out it's a hotel So it's just like, oh, It starts off in this moment And then the story kind of unfolds So she she's there We see her, you know, getting jobs And applying for benefits and all of this And so you understand everything that she has to go through, you know, to try and now move forward from this thing. So you understand it's tough and all of this. We then see her, um, you know, caring for, um, oh gosh, what's the woman's name? It's, um... Ush. Peggy, yeah, that's it, Peggy And, like, we see that kind of develop Right, the, the, now We don't see a lot of crazy interaction between them two But we kind of see this develop And what happens is The, the film will suddenly flash back Right, we'll we'll get like a quick kind of flashback to her at the beginning, and we'll see different angles, different 
things that maybe we didn't see. And But it's done in this way that you get this visceral sense of fear and pain and anxiety. Like, it's always this quick little moment, kind of fuzzy, and it's boom. And now we're back to present day. And you can see that, like, it's just crept up on her. You know what I mean? And that works really, really well. Biz, I think this is the thing that sometimes happens. You get these stories and like a tragedy has happened and then the person's rebuilding their life and all of this and now they're over it and you're just like, you know what I mean? Certain things kind of stick with you, right? And hit you out of the blue. Right, a little thing can remind you of a situation. And I think that's what those flashbacks help. You know what I mean? It helps you like just understand like this isn't a oh now you're fixed. You know, your injuries have healed, yay. Now everything's fine. No, this shit, yeah, it's with you. You know what I mean? There's no shaking it. And, like, yeah, everything that plays out from that point, it, it, it really kind of builds on this, reinforces this kind of element of what happened. Right? And that's that's a powerful part of the film. Right? You get these other things, like the whole... Yeah, I think the relationship with Peggy, it does feel a little deuce machina. Like, oh, look, this has happened. So it's, you know, as, as I mentioned, it's one of these cliche kind of things, right? And I look, I get that that could happen, but obviously I think... It takes more than what we've seen for for this situation to come. Now, we do understand there is a deeper relationship between Peggy and Sandra. You know? So, that we find out. But, yeah, it's just one of those things. And then, I guess, like, the, the, this community that is mentioned... You do wonder why some of these people help her, right? Because we don't really see these things build. Like, we don't see a lot of, oh, I get why that that person would help because of this and bum, bum, bum. I think one of these things is, um, I would probably say, uh, Edo, right? That kind of thing, because it's just like, uh, I still don't really understand the pull for him to come across, but it's fine. It's fine. But, as I said, look, the, the story itself counterbalances the cliche part, because the acting is so strong. You know, Gary... <laughs> the ex You have to give um, You know Crazy props to Ian Lloyd Anderson Because He plays this role So Well And it must be tough Right to play that dude But the thing is It's easy to play An angry guy Right, but to play someone that can flip, right, and flip in a way that it's not made the obvious, right? There's this quiet intensity where he can kind of be smiling, but you see the rage and anger just under the surface. Right, so when it's just like, oh, where's Molly? What do you mean? All right, fine, fine. 
that's okay, that's okay, but you see, you see the menace in all of it, and it's just like, oh, god damn, but then you also see, like, the regret, right, because there is always a regret with these people, you know what I mean, and the promise is like, oh, you know, it will never happen again, and I'm so sorry, and you do kind of believe that in that moment, yeah, they mean it, right, they mean it, but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen again, you know it's going to happen again, because the floodgate is burst, so now, you know what I mean, you can ration out all of it, and why he had to do it again, and why he had to do it again, and again, but all of that is there, he shows you all of that, like, there's a scene in court, where, you know, he's very self-righteous, right, very self-righteous, but when certain things are said, you see, you know what I mean, the uncomfortability within him, you see the shame, because now everyone's like looking at him, and all of that, Anderson just portrays, right, he gives us all of that, so it's just like, whew, yeah, that's something, god damn, and as I said, look, all of it, right, so Claire Dunn, she does a really good job with Sandra, because we see, you know, the fear, but we see the strength as well, the resilience, the determination, where you know, we see her breaking down, but trying to stay strong, just think there's scenes where she snaps at people, but you, you see it's, it's that situation, it's kind of frenzied, right, because they're snapping because all of this other stuff has just got way too much, and you see that, she really kind of sells you on these things, and it's, yeah, it's a good job, right, the supporting cast, supporting cast are great, supporting cast do a really good job, I think there's, um, yeah, I think it's Tomo, right, a guy that's helping, and there is this moment when they're eating, but this is it, the script has these really nice little moments in it, right, moments that you'd be like, oh yeah, no, I get, yeah, I get that moment, I've seen that, I've been in that situation, and they're eating, and he's like, oh, I love this food, this food is great, and then someone mentions something that's in it, and then suddenly it all switches, and it's a little moment of the film, but it rings so true, right, and there are these moments in the film that just be like, oh, yeah, and it brings it home, it brings it alive, so it outplays the saccharine, you know what I mean, it outplays the cliche, you know, and, and that's a testament to everyone involved, you know, that really does play these things up, and look, you have to give props to the kids who are in this, because they do a truff, tremendous job, like Molly McCann, who um, plays Molly, and then Ruby Rose O'Hara, who plays Emma, you know, they, really good for little kids, they really do their roles, because there's a lot in that, like the fear, and the anxiety, but the, the happiness, and everything, so it sells, I think we also, in, we, we have these moments as well in the film, that, do make you think, right, like, there is a moment in the court scene, where, you know, they're talking about all of these things, and she, you know, Sandra's just like, look, you're, you're asking me about these things, you're, you're, you're turning this on me, but 
why aren't you talking to him? Like, why didn't you ask him why he did this? Because you know why we're here. You've seen the reports. You know all of this thing. And it's just like, yeah. Because, I mean, that's... You know, we see these things that, that, you know, show us how this system is so fucked up and broken. Because things can happen, but then, you know, a person that instigates and does this stuff, they can still come out kind of on top. And it's just, what? Like, it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? And those things are highlighted along with, like, the housing, you know? Because, I think mean, there's a good argument for the house, right, where you look at the expenses, but it's kind of like, nope. And you're just like, yeah, no, that all adds, that adds up. That makes more sense, right? Obviously, why aren't these, as a program, why isn't this an option? Because that would... Mm. So, we get this magnifying glass on this thing that happens a lot. You know, spousal abuse. That's a big thing. You know? And I think it rings true right now with everyone locked down. Right? Because you 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 understand there's these people in these situations and they can't leave. You know, there is a, you know, in the past, yes, it was difficult to leave, right? But now you literally can't. You can't, because you can't leave your house. So it's just like, ugh. You know, you're watching it, and it, you, you just feel uncomfortable. You feel uncomfortable. And you understand that not everyone... Has the opportunity to do this thing. Right? Not everyone does. And. I mean. I don't know if this is based on a true story. Or you know what I mean. Anything like that. But it's. It's a situation that. Clearly is a one in a million. And that's kind of upsetting. But yeah. Everyone involved. They do put this thing together that's just, it is powerful, you know, it is very powerful Um, I would probably say, if you enjoy stuff like, you know, the full Monty, um, Brassed Off, Kinky Boots, Made in Dagman, like Look, this isn't this isn't the same in tone, right? Because it's a different story matter. But it kind of rings true with the way it plays out with the construction and all of that. And I think if you like those and the way it plays and you know the music in between and all of that, you will like herself. Right, it is a raw subject, so you know it might not be for everyone, but you can see that this will resonate, and you can see that hey, I I think this will go over well. This will go over well with the general public. It, it it's something that people will sit and kind of feel good about. You know, we've just the story as it unfolds, you know, so yeah, that is herself from Felida Lloyd, starring Harriet Walter, Conliffe Hill, Claire Dunn, uh, Molly McCain, Ruby, Ruby Rose O'Hara, and many more very talented actors and actresses. So, uh, yeah, people, check it out. I I know if you're living outside the UK, it has got a deal with Amazon. So um, they'll be distributing it. Uh, not sure who's got it in the UK. 
I feel it will probably hit BBC. Um, but yeah, check it out if you can. Okay, there you go. Okay, so today I checked out The Painter and the Thief. This is a Norwegian documentary. Uh, it's directed by Benjamin Ree. It's produced by Ingvil Gisk. And it's basically about, um, you know, a painter named Barbara Koiskov and a thief called Carl Bertil Nordland. Okay, so the music is from Unu Helmersen and the cinematography is Ray along with Christopher Kumar. Okay, so, um, yeah, it's, well, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's a true story, but it's a documentary, so I, I guess you kind of assumed that. <laughs> All right, well, ah, so this is what the BFI say on their site, right? Their description of this piece, the sheer audacity of the theft of artist Barbara Koiskalov's enormous paintings and they were two of her well they were her two most famous paintings which were um you know taken from the window front of the Galleria Nobel which is an Oslo uh gallery in the city centre uh, this immediately picked the documentarian Benjamin Ray's interest. Neither he, Barbara, nor the per- perpetrators could have predicted what happened next. During the trial, I'm just going to use a first name because I'm really struggling trying to pronounce that surname, but Barbara. Asked one of the accused why he took the paintings. Carl Bertil Nordland answered because they were beautiful. Deeply affected, Barbara contacted Nordland afterwards to request a rather unusual form of restorative justice to paint his portrait. Both damaged outsiders and creative in their own ways, Barbara and Nordland found something in one another akin to a strange form of therapy. Blending elements of a love story, mystery and biopic with non-linear storytelling, Ray crafts a beguiling take on the long road back from... Bad choices And not just your own bad choices So yeah That's Yeah that's it You know um, Hmm Like it's Just over an hour and a half And it's Interesting Right Because I mean the story in itself You're just like wait This doesn't really make any sense Uh, Also I have to say It's It is subtitled Which You know Frustrating as hell Ah, Like Well some of it's in English and some It's subtitled So I think a lot of the beginning Subtitled and as a beginning, I'm probably 10, 15 minutes. I kind of skipped and didn't pay too. As I, you know, I tried to just follow the visual, right? Once I got past that, then hit English, thinking, 
Ah, good. Good stuff. And then probably halfway through, it, it then hits Norwegian again. And you're like, so much into it is kind of like, God damn it. I'm going to see if I can struggle through this. And then the rest of the film kind of jumps in between the two. <sighs> I, I, is it? Any other time, I would have just skipped it. If if there was probably more than 15 minutes at the beginning, I would have just skipped the film. Because, yeah, the sub, it's not like they were good subtitles either, you know? And when I, what I mean by that is you've got white text on light backgrounds. Like, it, it still baffles me how people, you know, when they're creating things, they, they look at that and go, yeah, that works. Because, you know, like, listen, obviously, my site is kind of shitty, but I'm kind of thinking, even if you've got good eyesight, that's difficult to see. You know what I mean? That's like, it, it's a weird choice. It is so baffling and it distracts, you know, from, you know, the film. So, yeah, I don't know why people do it, but that's the thing. Uh, so, you know, like, I remember at the very start, you see the robbery take place. You know, I'm, I'm assuming it's the um, the cameras from the gallery. And it's real hard to really know what's going on because it's right at the very top of the screen, real small. And, um, yeah, I had to kind of rewind that bit Because I remember seeing it It just looked like an empty room And then suddenly you see people with these rolls under their arm I'm just like, hold on And, yeah, I, you know, it wasn't until I'm, like, right up on my screen Just trying to look going, Oh, right, I see But, yeah, so we see the robbery and, um, you know, then it kind of jumps to, uh, like, talking with Barbara, and you, you kind of get into it like that. Oh, um, hmm, yes, and then we go to the court, and again, it's like the camera's in the court, and it shows her talking to someone, and you know, we're, we're filled in with all of the stuff that transpired, right? So, the film is kind of about how this friendship spawns between, you know, Nordland and Barbara, which is an odd situation. Now, we see, like... Barbara with her boyfriend, um, gosh, I don't even know if I can pronounce, he's, it's like, Oysten, I think that's how you say it, Oysten, uh, and, like, at the beginning, we see them both, kind of, um, you know, on the laptop, trying to contact Nordland, you know, they're looking through his, you know, social media profiles and all of this. And it's, yeah, it's an odd kind of thing. Right? So then we jump in and she's, you know, drawing his portrait. Right? Where it kind of all then starts. So we have this, yeah, just this tale. Right? And... It, it's following their interactions, you know, they meet, you know, they're meeting up, and you can see over the meetings how, I don't know, you think they're getting closer, and all of this, right, so get a few occasions we see her asking, oh, do, like, do you know where my paint, right, what happened with my paintings, like, do you know what happened with my paintings? But he's always really defensive about it. And he's, his response kind of is, 
Oh, I don't know. I can't remember anything that happened during that time. I yeah, it's all my mind's blank. My mind's blank, and he is like real defensive on that, which is odd. You know, it, it's definitely an odd thing, which yeah, baffling, baffling. Now. The way, you know, everything goes. So we have this going for a period of time. Then the story kind of stops. And we go back. Right. And we see a lot of the stuff again. With new footage. And this time it's from Nordland's kind of point of view. And um, this happens a couple more times in the uh, in the film, you know. So we get this, uh, you know, odd kind of story device where it's just like ah, bum bum bum, and then it's before this incident we had the chance to talk to Nordland, and he gave us his side of the story, so it, it jumps back. Right, so you're getting this overlapping in places narrative, but with a new slant on it. Right, you know, which also kind of you kind of feel, oh, this will give us a deeper sense of understanding. Which in places it does, and in others it doesn't. Right? Like, it's, I don't know, it's fascinating, but frustrating, you know, that's the the sense here, because, listen, right, as a story, you know, you kind of understand why this is made, right, you understand why Ray was interested, you know, because, yeah, you think, it's fascinating, it is, it's intriguing, and, um, you know, everyone else felt that way, because, you know, the, the, the film won the World Cinema Documentary Special Jury Award for creative storytelling, you know, earlier in the year at Sundance, so, yes, there is that compelling element around what happened, The only thing I would say, though, there also feels like just so much that isn't really covered or pushed. You're trying to unravel this thing with these people, but certain questions aren't asked. You know, certain, I'd say, narratives aren't pushed. Right, and it's it is weird in that sense. Like I think at the very beginning we see Nordland cry, but I have to say it doesn't necessarily feel real. Right, it, we we're seeing this thing, and it kind of I don't know. It, it see because it goes on for this long period of time, and you, there's no real, you don't really get any real answers for why, like why, and it, it, it there does seem this level of manipulation at times in the piece, you know what I mean, and that that's. Fascinating to me Because the questions here is Why do you want to paint this guy? Right? Why do you want this guy in your life? And it's We get these flim-flam responses 
but nothing of real depth. You know, nothing that really gets to the crux of the thing. You know, nothing that feels like a substantial response that gets to the core and crux of anything. You know, we also, like Einstein, I feel, man, god damn it, these Scandinavian names are extremely difficult. Yeah, Einstein, um, it's that weird O with the diagonal line through it. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's pronounced as an O or... But anyway, anyway, we don't really get a lot of his point of views here. Now, there's a few points in the film where we see him asking questions of Barbara. But she, it's fascinating in the way she responds to him and the way she responds to Neudland. You know, because the way she's, you know, responding to her boyfriend is very defensive and argumentative. But we don't kind of get that same thing with her interactions with Neudland. Although, like, even when... Like, you know, he's like, oh, you're asking me this question thousands of times. And she's like, no, don't say that to me. But it isn't, it doesn't really feel like a real angry response. You know, so that's fascinating. And it's something that really isn't pushed, right? Something that isn't really looked at. And I think that's the big thing, this, this, Compulsion To um, Have a person in your life That Does two Things That are very detrimental You know Two big things Like there's something else that happens Later in the film And you're just like Where? And it's never Really addressed like, neither thing are really addressed. Like, we see her, the fact that she's got financial issues, right? She's struggling for money, and she's always borrowing money off her boyfriend. And I think he admits at one point that he's kind of, you know, financing her through her bad mistakes, right? Uh, and, yeah, that's just like... Hmm. But she's doing all this stuff for Neudland that costs money. And again, there's a point of the, the this piece where he admits to that. Like he sees it, but he doesn't we never see him turn it down or say, please don't. Because I can't pay you back. Or at least you do understand, I'm taking note of all of this and I will be paying you back. We never hear that. Right? So she's doing all of this stuff while she's in debt. And that's something else that's never really addressed. So we have all of this, you know, on the surface, there's this story of like, you know, I guess you could say redemption and forgiveness. But underneath, there's a, so much more, you know, it, 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 it's like a swan on the water, because on the surface it's graceful, but underneath there's this turbulent craziness, this frantic, uh, you know, survival effort, but it, it's, you know, trying to find this understanding of why, like why? Right, you know, we get a little on Nordland's background, and the weird thing is, you kind of see two things. You hear one point where you know he grew up with siblings and everything was fine, and you know, and then his parents got divorced, and he, the you know, his mum and the two siblings go, and he's left with his dad. 
But, it, it, you know, at first it's not like, oh, it was terrible. You know, you get the kind of, oh, it was probably a bit lonely. But that's it. But then later on, it's like, yes, no, my childhood was very traumatic. Very sad. It's always been sad. And it's just like, but why? Like, what happened? And why have these things driven you to do what you did? Right, that we never really get to that, and then also after everything that happened, because he says this stuff about you know not it's hard to trust strangers and blah blah blah, but you can see that she's helped him so much, along with Oyston, you know, but. He then does this other thing, and we never, um, that's never addressed, which is really baffling. Why would that never be addressed? You know, it's strange. Like the way it's shot is, um, it's very kind of up close at times. You know, like the cameraman's like walking right behind them. And yeah, sometimes it's very dark and it's not always clear. But then it, there's these other moments that really do kind of capture the essence of something. So where at times, you know, you, you, as a visual kind of standpoint, it is a little bit obscure and frustrating other times you're just like oh, that really did capture that or oh yeah i feel you know i feel what's going on on the screen i really do so yeah there, there, there are all these kind of juxtapositions throughout this piece but yeah without any really satisfactory answers, right? I mean, that's just the way I'm kind of seeing it. We also, there's this bigger kind of revelation a bit later in the film as well that kind of happens in synchrony with some other elements, but we never find out until right at the end which, yeah, it does seem like an odd one, right? It'd be like, huh, oh, whoa, oh, okay. So we're just finding, oh, right, so that happened, okay. And, it, and it's like, but everything then around this new thing, it does all kind of feel very convenient and odd, so it's all very baffling, but there's still no answers on one of the missing art pieces, right? Just still nothing. And I mean, you know, you you kind of hear about hypnotherapy that can help people remember stuff, yeah, but there's nothing to kind of try and find out, try and find out. We see a lot of changes in both Nordland and, and Barbara. But, yeah, it, it's still kind of like we don't really get an understanding on them. Because there's all of these things happening that really don't make any sense. And neither have really given a compelling reason for why, you know, and the film, as I say, the film ends on this crazy, crazy kind of element with this, you know, one piece of art that we then see, you know, it, it like, we see the original picture being taken, and then the, 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 the you know, how that picture was used to create this artwork. Ooh, <laughs> there is a big difference, 
right? And you kind of have to say, what, what? <laughs> like, what's this? And there are definitely loads of uh, questions, right? So many questions. But yes, we never get them. We never get them. And so it's such an odd thing, an odd place to leave it. But yeah, that's what happens, people. That's what happens. You know, so it's a, yeah, this is an odd, an odd story. Very odd story. Another thing that we get, you know, I guess it's final thoughts here. Um, we see certain things happen, but then the kind of retelling of those things get a different angle. And you do find yourself like, we never saw that. Huh? Like, is someone lying or is someone, you know, like Nordland on a certain relationship? Right, it, it's, um, yeah, it's strange, because it then does speak to, oh, if that's a lie, then what else is a lie, right, but for some reason, Benjamin Ray doesn't push, you know, or doesn't seek answers, and, hmm, it is strange, it is, it is baffling, um, but this could be me, <laughs> this could just be me, because I will say, um, yeah, a lot of people, you know, like the film won an award, um, the re response to it does seem extremely high, right, so, yeah, it could just be me, you know, but I don't know, that's what I've, that's what I walked away with, so, yes, it, you know, on its surface, this is intriguing and fascinating, but it does seem to leave you with more questions. So, um, yeah, the painter and the thief people, the painter and the thief. Um, I, th I believe these things will sit on iPlayer for, a, you know, a period of time. So, uh, yeah, if you get the opportunity to see it during this festival, go, um, go do that, also, I think it's out later in the month, so, um, yes, if you miss it, you, you possibly get another opportunity to catch it, so, um, there you are, people, The Painter and the Thief, by Benjamin Ray. Well, people, we got a bit of a treat for you. Had the pleasure of having a um, sit down with the film's director, Benjamin Ree, who was ah extremely pleasant and a joy to talk to. So, people, sit back and enjoy. Nice to meet you. Hey, Benjamin, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I have uh, had my morning coffee. And uh, <laughs> and relaxing at home. <laughs> ah, splendid. Well, you're a step ahead. I haven't had my coffee yet. I've done the gym, <laughs> no coffee. <laughs> I actually done my gym as well. So that's, uh, that's it's a great feeling to do the gym in the morning and then have coffee. It's really a great start of the day. Oh, my gosh. It definitely is. Mm. But <laughs> I'm not sure people want to hear this. People want to hear about the painter and the thief. Right? <laughs> so... Um, I not gonna want to hear about my my gym and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> well, my my next film will be about the, my gym and my coffee. <laughs> it's the only thing we can do right now, Benjamin. <laughs> I've I watched it the other day, and um, it's such a weird story. Like, how the hell did you, like, you know, come about doing this documentary? This is baffling. Yeah, it's a very weird story. Uh, I was actually researching art robberies 
And in Norway, we have a great tradition. For that. Was there any any reason for that? <laughs> you know, in Norway, we like in Norway, it's been stolen a lot of Edvard Munch paintings, like the scream. So we have uh, a lot of kind of stories about uh, art robberies in Norway. So I thought that art robberies were very fascinating because you have the high culture art world, and then you have the low culture uh, robber world, mm. uh, and. Um, and then this story was on the front newspapers in Norway, kind of uh, two of the biggest newspapers. And I immediately took contact with, uh, with uh, Barbura the painting after reading one of the, the, the story, new stories. And then I got to know that she had approached uh, the thief in court and asked, asked if she could paint him. I thought that was a really cool premise for a short documentary, like a 10 minutes documentary. And already by then, I had a lot of archival footage there on board. So a friend of Barbara had documented her art life, uh, taking photos of her paintings being made, uh, filming the exhibition. Um, uh, we had surveillance footage, we had the actual courtroom audio recordings from their first meeting. So I began filming the fourth time they met. So that was pretty early. It always takes a bit of time to get that kind of access. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and that, that is basically the, the first kind of 13 minutes of the film. Uh, and yeah. when I began filming, I knew nothing where the story might end up. So I just kept on filming uh, and then it, it ended up. <laughs> went to some weird places. Yes. <laughs> went to some weird places. Like, because it opened up with the surveillance footage. And my sight's a bit rubbish, to be honest with you. So I didn't know what the hell was going on. And then suddenly we see people in the hallway carrying. I'm like, hold on a minute. And I went back and I was just like, oh, shit, you see him in the top. And we're like, good. Damn it. They, mm. It was, yeah, it was really weird. Like, when you were doing this, what was your kind of intent? Like, I mean, for, you know, the flow of it, because you're mm. filming, but was there things like, I want to know this, and they haven't asked or they haven't talked about this. So, like, did you ever be like, do you want to talk about this or was it just like i'm gonna just be a fly on the wall here i think that um i was so kind of curious about the friendship or the chemistry between the painter and the thief uh, that made me continue filming and then so much unexpected happened i think it was just a weird extraordinary journey to be a part of and usually you know in documentaries that's kind of so much reality stranger than fiction type of, of a story. Mm -hmm. uh, then there's a kind of, uh, then there's uh, uh, people talking about what has already happened. But here we're there in the present tense. So I'm there actual, actually in the decisive moments and, and really with the big surprises. And I think that was a really strange and fun and also worrisome journey. Like I, I worried a lot because Carl Bakhtir, he almost died several times during filming. Uh, so, and and I, like every day I worried about him. Uh, I worried that he was going to die. And he actually, uh, I, we talked about this. I said to him, if you, if you die, I will not make the film. And his response to that was, if I die, you have to promise me that you'll make the film. Mm. Uh, so it was just a extraordinary uh, journey to be a part of and also be there with the camera filming it while it happened. Yeah, like I don't want to say too much, you <laughs> know what I mean, for the people that haven't seen it, but did you find it weird that the, um, let's say, the incident where he nearly dies doesn't really get talked about? Right, you, you see, you, you see, um, oh, I, I forget the name of the painter, she turns up. But Barbara, she, yeah. Yes, and she's just like, oh, I painted this for you, and blah, 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 and then that's it. There's like, wait, wait, hold on. You haven't talked about the, what's going on here? And I'm just like, they haven't, it's just, oh, that didn't happen, didn't it? <laughs> and it just was yes. And you also have a scene where uh, she visits him in the hospital and then she's so obsessed with it, his hand. 
yes. and that he has a scar on his hand. <laughs> yeah. uh, so she's obsessed with her art, uh, and that uh, that says a lot about her. He, she's both Barbara the painter, so much helping Carl Bakil uh, during uh, the film, but she's also kind of always putting her art kind of on first place. Like that's her main priority. Yeah, uh, and you kind of think there's this weird blinkers to it, right? Because she's helping him out and then you find out her like financial situation, right? And also you feel bad for her boyfriend because like, yeah, it's, and I have to say the way it ended <laughs> with that picture mm. and then you see yeah, and I'm just like, hold on, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and I'm just, don't end here, there's more. We need to talk about that. We need to talk about that. <laughs> that's, uh, that's where you come in. That's where you come in to interpret uh, the story and the film and, 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 uh, and kind of come up with, uh, with what you think is going to happen. Uh, 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 when life continues, but I, I like the, the the ending of the film was a huge surprise for me as well because Barbara had a camera where she uh, filmed the process of her paintings being made, and she kind of sent me the footage as the painting was kind of coming about being made. And when I saw the footage of what she had done <laughs> with that painting, I was so surprised. It was. It was such such a huge surprise. So we thought that that's a, that's a good way of ending. The, I think that's um, yeah, then you have I mean, then, you ha then you have something to think about, and it also kind of invites you to to rewatch the film again with different eyes. <laughs> it really does. I mean, um, so you know, what do you do with it now? So you're you're doing the festivals and stuff like that, but um. Yeah, like where does this take you kind of thing? It's been a lot of press and a lot of festivals. We've been very fortunate about that. Uh, very kind of privileged uh, situation to, to get to release the film all over the world, although it's uh, uh, Corona hell <laughs> around the world. Um, so uh, I'm working on new projects and uh, Carl Backel is doing great today. It's He's not counting months anymore of being sober, he's counting years. He's finished his second year at the uh, School of Sports Science. Barbara sold 10 paintings, drawings to the US market. So I think also the film is kind of also changing the lives of the two main subjects as well. Well, that's fantastic. I'm really happy you get to show this at the uh, London Film Festival. And before we bounce, how can people find out more? Like websites, social media, let people know. Uh, Dog Roof is re releasing the film in the UK. So they have made a web page for the film. I think it's called like Painter and a Thief or <laughs> something like that. Uh, and uh, and uh, that's where you can learn more about the film. Um, it's also Neon from, from the US. I made a, a web page uh, called the Painter and a Thief, I think, .com. I think it's uh, the name of the page. So there you can learn more. You can also follow both of the two main subjects on Instagram, where they post uh, about their life. If you've seen the film and want to con kind of continue uh, to, to get updates about how they're doing. Uh, so that's where to, you can learn more about it, <laughs> I guess. Okay. Well, that's great. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, time is not on our side, Benjamin, but <laughs> hey, let, let's talk again on your next project. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's going to be about coffee and, and working out in the morning. So that's going to be... A... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> talk to you then, man. <laughs> hey, really I, nice talking to you. Hi, man. Appreciate your time. Okay, people, so that is it. We are done for another day. Remember, go to the BFI Festival website, check out what's going on. You can watch the films at home on BFI iPlayer. 
And, um, hey, there's even some screenings. So, hey, make sure you enjoy the festival. It is running until the 18th. And um, we will be back with more reviews and insights real soon. All right. Peace.